This is the Third Act Podcast, shining a spotlight on individuals, charities, and small business owners suffering from illness, economic shutdown, or lack of support and funding. Meaningful conversations that generate compassion and financial support from listeners compelled to join us on this journey to improve the lives of others. I'm gonna dance with the stranger. I'm gonna enjoy your show. I'm gonna learn to forget and really let it go. And most of all, I wanna shine a light on good and look to give back. And that's what I'll do with my third, third act. And now your host, Roger Steed. Welcome, everyone. I have received encouragement by many friends over the last several months that live outside of Michigan to focus on people doing great things in many areas of the country. As many of you by now, growing up in Oklahoma is a major part of my life, and it is very important to me to do whatever I can to spotlight and help organizations in the state that are helping people in need. I am fortunate because I have many good friends that have stayed in touch with me over the years. And they remind me frequently of my Oklahoma roots and the importance of Oklahoma Sooner football. Hopefully, the Sooners can take care of business this weekend. Sorry, I couldn't resist that plug. Seriously, though, I hope over the next year to continue to focus on good works taking place in many additional regions of the country. So please don't hesitate to contact me and share your experience working with great people making a difference. Today, I am privileged to share the podcast with someone I feel like I know, even though we just were introduced in October. You know that feeling when you talk to someone for the first time, and it is so easy and natural, and that it feels like family. I have no doubt that you will feel equally comfortable listening to Lauren and hearing all about the good works that she is involved with at Rebuilding Together OKC. Lauren Sullivan is the executive director at Rebuilding Together OKC and has been extremely busy since joining this nonprofit this past summer. Lauren was born and raised in Oklahoma. After attending a small liberal arts college in Ohio, she started her career in the corporate office of Tommy Hilfiger in Dallas. She moved to Oklahoma City in 2000, working in the residential and the commercial real estate side of things, followed by a seven year stint working as a yoga instructor. In 2010, she transitioned into the nonprofit arena and became chapter administrator of Young Presidents Organizations. After three years, she moved to Oklahoma AIDS Care Fund before joining Rebuilding Together OKC this summer. Lauren and her husband, Andy, have four children, Hayes, Lucille, and twin boys, Grant and Rhett. Lauren told me earlier this week that she is pretty handy around the house and that she can definitely pitch in when needed in her new job. I love this description of her. Lauren says she's a real, she loves a challenge, which I think really tags her as a go-getter and someone that gets things done. I think that speaks volumes. Thank you, Lauren, for coming on the podcast today, and I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I'm grateful to be here. If we could start, I would like to have you express a little bit to our listeners how you got into the nonprofit world and what brought you to this current nonprofit, please. 
So I'd like to first point out that today, as we're filming or recording this, it's World Kindness Day. And I think it's only fitting that being in the nonprofit world and everything that you are doing, I feel so honored for you and I to have connected and then to be connecting on World Kindness Day because I think everything you're doing is out of kindness. So I'm grateful for that. My world of nonprofit really started when I was a senior in high school. I was a senior in 1995 during the Oklahoma City bombing. Since that day has carried with me my desire to support and um, help where needed. Because I saw as an 18-year-old girl how this city, the state, and the country rallied around each other to support each other through a very tough, and although I was an adult technically, I was still very much a child. So to understand everything that was going on was hard. So here I am X amount of years later and um, grateful to be in the nonprofit world serving those. People go through really hard times, but what comes out of it is a lot of kindness. And so I've been grateful to witness that with people throughout this great state. Absolutely. And earlier this week when we talked, you mentioned that Oklahoma in its entirety has been blessed with many great family foundations over decades, really. Can you speak to that for a minute, just about your understanding of that and what that's meant to nonprofits like the one you're working at now? Absolutely. A lot of our funding comes from amazing organizations and foundations like the Inasmuch Foundation, the Kirkpatrick Family Fund, other organizations like the Crescent Family Foundation that I'm truly grateful for and have had the opportunity to work hand-in-hand as we serve out my mission, our mission. And I have been able to be a part of those foundations, not only here at Rebuilding Together OKC, but also at Oklahoma AIDS Care Fund. Oklahoma AIDS Care Fund, like Rebuilding Together, are 30-year-old profits. Oklahoma AIDS Care Fund is now a donor-advised fund. But these two nonprofits were started with the love and kindness of wanting to serve fellow Oklahomans. So I'm grateful for everybody who's been involved. That's great. Let's get into a little bit of Rebuilding Together OKC. I note on the website that the long history of the organization helping seniors with dilapidated and accessible housing, but talk about the history for a little bit and what the organization has accomplished over the past 30 years, please. So Rebuilding Together OKC began as a simple idea to serve low-income elderly homeowners in a way that the Oklahoma City community hadn't seen before. Started in 1990 and moved into an affiliate position with Christmas in April in 1992. And our mission is simple, rebuilding, revitalizing communities. We help low-income senior homeowners who can no longer financially or physically maintain their homes from as large as a roof and or windows or as simple as adding grab bars to a bathroom. We also have a group of men and women that we call the A-Team. They're a ramp team volunteer group that builds ramps every Thursday. And even during this time of COVID, we have been able to keep our ramp team in action because it's outside. 
So it's an organization that is really impactful. We've repaired over 33,100 homes. We also help with nonprofit facilities and public school buildings. And in our 30 years, have almost had over 80,000 volunteers. That's awesome. That's really great. Do you leverage your relationships with licensed professionals also? Talk about that a little bit and how they help your volunteers get the work done on the homes that you're improving or fixing up, so to speak. So I need to mention our, our funding. I apply for a lot of grants as an executive director, but we also have an amazing partnership with the area-wide agency, and they help us with our roofs, windows, and ramps. And we also have started something with AC and heating units. We then work with vendors to help then install some of those items because we cannot have volunteers on roofs or installing windows. We right. also work with Go USDA ahead. and FLUB. We have a FLUB grant right now, three years long. So we do have some outside funding as well that allows us to do these bigger projects. That's great. Even with this outside aid and grants, you still rely um, heavily on your volunteers. And I think it's just incredible that you've been able to accomplish so much even this year in the in amidst COVID and everything we're dealing with. Talk about the what you've seen and what you've experienced with your volunteers that are helping this year particularly. They're amazing. Uh, hearts so big that you can feel them, even though you maybe can't see them day to day. We recently here in Oklahoma had a really bad ice storm. And with funding, we were able to buy some chainsaws. And actually, my employees right now are out at a job helping clean up some limbs and trees that were destroyed. It has been remarkable to see how much people still want to help. We have, April is considered National Rebuilding Month. We had to move our events from April, and we rescheduled them from to October. We were able to still work in six homes. How we dealt with COVID and the restrictions, we asked all homeowners not to be there during our time. We, of course, had every volunteer masked up, gloved up, sprayed for tools. That was another thing I've learned this year. There's special tool spray to keep them sanitized, if you will. Wow. But we were really lucky with Oklahoma City Nonprofit. They had granted us a lot of PPE equipment to make that day happen in October, which was very impactful. Talk about that a little bit more. The October 17th event, you told me how many homes you re or you completed, what took place from early morning through the evening that day? Each home, we had addressed their scope of work in March, but obviously that scope of work changed a little bit due to COVID, but we were able to complete scopes of work in six homes on that Saturday. We started at 8 a.m. and finished at about, I would say the trailer pulled into back here at the office at about 8 o'clock that night. And those scopes of work were anything from painting the exterior to putting grab bars in to painting interior rooms, landscaping, making sure, which is what's utmost of importance for us and our mission is making sure 
people are safe and healthy in their homes. Absolutely. That's uh, marvelous what you did, pulling that, that all together on, on that day. But you also told me that you pulled together another program that I think is really neat, and I want you to explain the She Builds program. That's S-H-E Builds OKC program. Talk about that a little bit, please. The She Builds is, it is an amazing program that is women helping women homeowners. And we found great success and actually won awards through the national affiliates last year and have continued to grow the program. The program starts off with a workshop that we usually do here at our offices. We have an amazing warehouse. This year, instead of having people here in the warehouse, we videotape volunteers giving lessons on simple things in the sense of changing out electrical fixtures, paint, spackle, peering, things that seem daunting to your average homeowner, but when explained by another person, you realize you can do it. And so we then had those videos, and then we then take those volunteers and we put them to work in homes that are owned by women. That's great. That's great. But I also read that you're continuing a, I guess I would call it a supportive community network. How does that work? How do you continue to communicate with the women that you help? So one of my employees, her name is Judith, and she is the lifeline to this affiliate. We keep a very close relationship to anybody who applies here because there is an application process. You have to be 55 years and older and own your own home. So when it comes to continual support, just because the scope of work is done, that does not mean we have forgotten you. We are very good, I think, at making sure all of our clients and homeowners are not just one and done. If there are other needs, I like Meals on Wheels, we make sure that they're getting food provided for them. We make sure that if there's medication that they're having a hard time getting, what's the best avenue? What do they need? So we're not just a construction company. We are here to revitalize, making sure that you stay, again, safe and healthy in your home. That's important. We all know that COVID is ramping up again across the country. What are your plans and what do you think you can continue to do with the difficulty that's um, increasing? My construction program officer, Philip, and myself, this has been really hard because he, like myself, is very mission-driven, huge heart, like myself, in the sense of helping others and our AmeriCorps member as well. We, unfortunately, as of Monday, are no longer visiting any homes. We are taking applications, and we will do all assessing over the phone and hoping that the homeowner and applicant can then maybe send us pictures of things that they're concerned about. It's a huge problem, but I feel like we here at the office are handling it the best we can in the sense of the applications, communicating with those and what they need. But as of right now, unfortunately, we are not going into any homes. We are doing work outside of the home. Right, Roof, right. Windows, that sort of thing. 
But you did tell me that the ramp team is still busy or okay. still have plans to complete some ramps. Go through that for us a little bit, please. The, the ramp team does not quit. Again, they are given the A team name for a reason. So we have ramps scheduled out to the new year. It's interesting because of COVID, the mills were shut down. And so not only is it harder to get pre-treated wood, the cost of pre-treated wood has gone up. Also noted recently, too, that shingles for roofing are also going up as well. So that's also based on people doing more home projects. So it affects our cost and bottom line. But our A-team, we, we are scheduled out through the end of the year and will continue um, to um, add ramps where needed. That's great. That's great. Of course, we need to talk about fundraising a little bit. It's part of the, the business, part of the nonprofit world. Can you talk a little bit about the success you've had dealing or working with the COVID and the lower economic environment this year and the success that the, your organization has had and what your plans are for the next six months as far as fundraising are concerned, please. Again, I have to give a shout out to the foundation and Oklahoma City Nonprofit. They've done a really good job helping us nonprofits plan and prepare and ask tough questions. I have an amazing board that is aware and present. And so I'm really grateful for that. I'm always asked, isn't it hard to raise money? And it is hard to raise money. But when you are telling the truth and you're serving the mission, it shouldn't be hard to raise money because there is a need and we fill that need. Now, again, who's to say what's going to happen next? So we all have to prepare accordingly, but I'm grateful right now for our donors. I'm grateful right now for our, my board and all that serve in all capacities to make our mission present. So any home that you started or had planned to do has been completed on time or maybe as planned and you continue to be able got blessing hopefully with um, things turning a little bit better for us all you'll be able to continue to fund uh, the home repairs that you've been doing in the past as you go forward over the next six to uh, three to six months yes we will be able to we've had to make some cuts here when it comes to numbers i'm not shy of them i look at a budget and i'm very clear about it and what needed to be done so when I started here in July, I made those cuts. So I was lucky that my finance committee saw what I pointed out was necessary. So I felt that I feel that the budget we've created going into this next fiscal year is sustainable. Great, great. And you mentioned to me that you have a big event planned for February 22nd. You want to talk about that a little bit, please? We do. So we, this is an event that actually other affiliates now across the country have copied, if you will. It's Top Golf for Home. Here we have a Top Golf facility and we have a fundraiser that was very successful last year and we hope it is successful again this year. Our presenting sponsor this year and was last year is Premier Trucking. We are truly grateful not only for their support financially, but they're an amazing group of people who volunteer throughout the year with Rebuilding Together OKC. So the event is at Top Golf on Monday, February 22nd, and it's to raise money for our mission. 
how do our listeners, if they want to participate, if they want to donate, how do they do that? Our website. So our okay. website is there, and it should answer any and all questions. But my information, of course, is all over it. So if anybody wants to contact me personally, they're more than welcome to. And if anybody wants to get involved or volunteer their time or has ideas for us, I'm open to it, and I know that the board is as well. We want to continue to serve as many people as we can. Let's try to make that a big event, and we'll tease that again as we get closer to it, particularly in the newsletter. And I'll also make sure that all the website information and your number and contact information is provided in the newsletter next week to our readers. Let's finish, if you don't mind, with what your aspirations and the board's aspirations are for the next 12 months. I know it's a little bit difficult as we're in the midst of this COVID thing, but you have to have plans and you stretch goals. So what would you like to accomplish over the next year? We can continue to be efficient. Efficiency is most important right now. And I think the board agrees with me when we say that we need to continue to make sure that anybody out there knows that they can apply. Once they apply, we can address their needs. And if it's not something we can take care of, we know that there's a lot of other nonprofits in Oklahoma and the greater Oklahoma City area, if you will, that can help them. Again, I think Oklahoma is a resilient state. It's strong and it provides unconditional love. Whether you're in the oil business, whether you were affected by the bombing, whether you, we've been through a lot, but it's resilient and unconditional. And so, again, I think as a board, we just want to continue to help as many people as we can as possible. Fantastic. And are you planning any sort of uh, newsletter as we approach the new year and look out until 2021? Anything that we can look forward to there? That is one of my 2021 goals is to regularly communicate through a newsletter from our our TOKC. Cool, because I think knowing people, and just as you state, Oklahomans are very giving and very caring, so I think they would certainly appreciate hearing what's going on with your organization and want to help out when they can, both for individuals that want to participate and volunteer and also for corporate sponsors that can lend a hand and and provide some funding for the good cause that you're providing. Uh, Lauren, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, Sorry for the little bit of the technical situation, but I appreciate your patience. I appreciate the good work that you're doing. Bravo to all your uh, employees and your volunteers and the board. I think you're doing great work. And I really hope that uh, you have a great end of the year and we can talk again as we move into 2021. Thank you again. Thank you. I'm I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for Tony Bumpus uh, connecting us. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good point. I should have brought Tony up in the beginning, but Tony is a great friend and the mutual contact that uh, we share. So uh, thank you, Tony, so much for connecting us. And I think I have a connection for life. So thank you very much. Most definitely grateful for that. Have a good day. You do things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Third Act Podcast. To find out more about who we are spotlighting, how to get involved, or find show notes on today's episode, go to wearethirdact.com. And really let it go And most of all I want to shine a light on good And look to give back And that's what I'll do
with my third 